Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, oh my God! Deep to right field! Way up there! They're gonna wave him in! I don't believe it! Who's coming up? You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Another episode of Payoff Pitch. We are breaking down the National League West as opening day nears. We're going division by division. Six division previews here on Payoff Pitch. As opening day nears, your host today, Brendan Glasheen, always joined by Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch. Want to remind all of you that we are here every Tuesday and Friday during the Major League Baseball season. Starting Tuesday, April 12th, we'll have a slate breakdown for that day's games in MLB. So we'll be with you the 12th and the 15th. So just after, the week after opening day April 7th. Look forward to that. Joining us for our National League West betting preview, Anthony DeBundo. He is an Action Network staff writer. Gentlemen, we're going to start with uh, the Dodgers because, you know, they're they're pretty good. They, uh, they added Freddie Freeman to already a loaded lineup. You figure the rotation. Uh, it has a mix of young and old. It should be should be healthy. It's the healthiest everyone is this time of year, right? That's typically what we uh, come to find out. But with the Dodgers, Colin... How are we best approaching the Dodgers? Because as a casual better, you're looking go, well, what am I going to do with minus 230 to win a division? And there's there's long odds everywhere on, or shorter odds, I should say, on the, on the Dodgers everywhere. So how do we go about approaching the Dodgers? Maybe even a future. How do you go about it? Yeah, the Dodgers are probably the least interesting team to bat from a future perspective. That's usually the case with the best team in baseball. And it's usually the case with the Dodgers because they're usually the best team in baseball. I could actually see an argument to bet their division price and to bet their total because I don't see a way that they don't have a path to 100 wins, but I'm staying away. It's just not as fun for me. So I'm going to, I'm looking around the board for, for a more fun and more profitable betting angle around the Dodgers. And that for me is Freddie Freeman to lead the league in RBIs at 25 to one. Freeman is one of the most consistent hitters in baseball. He has been for a long time. His RBI total was actually really low last year. He's going to have immense opportunities in the loaded Dodgers lineup. He's going to be hitting right behind Trey Turner and Mookie Betts, and he's going to consistently produce in those wide outfield gaps at Dodger Stadium are only going to help him. RBI is a very unpredictable stat to bet, so my betting angle basically is on someone who I know is going to consistently be in the lineup and consistently produce. I think Freeman should be, should be slotted in somewhere in the, you know, Juan Soto and Vladimir Guerrero jr. Range for most RBIs. Those guys are the favorites. Otani trout, the likes of those guys, 
but he's down there at 25 to one and I don't really get it. So that's probably my favorite bet on the Dodgers entering the season. How about you, Anthony, when you consider the, uh, the Dodgers, how do you go about looking at this team and kind of like Colin said, like, how do you find a profitable approach to this, this juggernaut of a baseball team? Yeah, the lineup's going to be just ridiculous. I mean, it's and you know, in I think Jason Stark said that in his 20 years of covering baseball, it's the best lineup he's ever seen. And I don't think that's exaggeration when you look up and down. I do have questions about this staff, this pitching staff, because the back end of the rotation is not at the level that we've seen it in years past because of guys like Dustin May not being healthy with Tommy John. Uh, they lose Max Scherzer. Trevor Bauer's situation remains uncertain. So the back end of the rotation, I know Colin likes Tony Gonsolin. He has not proven much to me in terms of being a consistent every five-day starter who can go five-plus innings. And Andrew Heaney, I mean, he was like the laughing stock and the butt of a lot of MLB jokes at the end of last season in his time with the, the Angels and the Yankees. So I think I have some question marks about the back end of this rotation and even the bullpen. Kenley Jansen is a guy who Dodgers fans kind of also made jokes about for years, but he found himself last year and he was the best he's ever pitched really when you look at some of his advanced numbers and they lose him from that bullpen and the depth is not as reliable. So I like this fun bet and it's something that I just thought of about 20 minutes before we recorded this. And it was Hmm. the Dodgers win total, their longest winning streak of the season under eight and a half wins. Now it sounds dominant and it is mostly like a a fun prop just to ride out for the season. I'm not saying you should put your bankroll on the Dodgers longest win streak, but I think most long winning streaks, of course, your, your lineup can get hot, but you need starting pitching depth. The, the famous saying in baseball, right? Momentum is only as good as tomorrow's starting pitcher. And I just don't think the Dodgers have the depth to go on one of these super long winning streaks. And I did take a look at the schedule to make sure there was no stretch where they had Diamondbacks, A's, Diamondbacks, or uh, where they were getting the Rockies and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, like a crazy homestand with all the worst teams. They don't have one stretch where you're like, okay, this team's going to go on a run. So I'm going to be taking under eight and a half wins, longest winning streak for the Dodgers. And that way in the middle of the summer, when they have like, you know, a six or seven game win streak and they already have the division wrapped up, I have a reason to tune in and watch the Dodgers try to uh, drop a game as a minus 300 favorite at home against uh, Arizona. Wow. I like that. That's creative. That's interesting. Um, to have no the other fun ways to bet the Dodgers. To, to, so in terms of teams to have the longest win streak in baseball this season, seeing here on DraftKings, the Dodgers are your favorite at plus 650, and then there's a drop-off. And it's the Jays, the Yankees, the Braves, the Mets, so on and so forth. But that's a fun way of looking at it. If you wanted to take the over on 8.5, there's plus money, plus 100, but I'm seeing minus 120 on DraftKings, under 8.5 for Dodgers' longest win streak this season. But teams to have the longest win streak of the year, you had to pick one of all teams in baseball, Dodgers are your favorite. So I like it. Good stuff, gents. Creativity there on a team that is just, it's really hard to figure out when it comes to the basic stuff. Let's go to the Padres. So there's a drop-off, as you'd all would think, with the NL West, when you want to bet the NL West. Padres are at plus 350 to win the West. Win total set at 89 and a half. Colin, we talked about this in the NL betting preview on payoff pitch a couple weeks ago. Health in the rotation, crucial. Um, how else do you look at the Padres to make them uh, be a profitable better? So last year, we expected the Padres to go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers in the NL West. Didn't really work out. The Giants ended up coming out of nowhere and being that team and actually snapping the Dodgers' NL West championship streak. 
I'm going back to the well with the Padres this year. I'm a really big fan of this rotation in particular, especially after acquiring Sean Manaya. Darvish, Musgrove, Manaya, and Snell is about as good of a top four as you'll find in the majors this year. That's not even to mention Mike Clevenger, who's going to be coming back from injuries. They have a lot of intriguing young arms who have seen a little bit of major league experience, guys like Michael Baez, guys like Brian Weathers, guys like Adrian Morion. Um, well, I guess Morion's out with Tommy John surgery, but the other guys, absolutely. I think that this team actually has the depth to put together a full season this year. That was the issue with the Padres last year, right? Is that they suffered some key injuries and they had no one there to fill in the gaps. They've already lost Fernando Tatis Jr. for an indefinite amount of time, but Ha Young Kim is a competent stand-in. They've got a, a deep and talented lineup around them. So my bet with this team is I'm going back to the make-slash-miss playoffs market with this team. Pakoda projects them at 88.1% to make the playoffs. Zips is a little bit lower at 72.9%, but the implied odds of the minus 230 that you would get at FanDuel on them to make the playoffs is... 69.8%. So you've got a 10.7% edge on them to make the playoffs if you average out what Pakoda and Zips think on them. It's not as fun to bet really juiced odds in the preseason market, but I just can't ignore the value there. I think with the expanded playoffs and the fact that the Padres are a clear number two behind the Dodgers in this division makes that a worthy bet. We'll get to the Giants, and based on what Colin just said there, he suspects possibly a possibly a drop-off from a triple-digit win season a year ago. Anthony, what's your read on the Padres? Of course, as Colin laid out, was an underachievement last year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not as high on them again. I just really don't. I think people expect bounce-backs from all of these guys, and I'm not necessarily buying it. I think Joe Musgrove is their only starter who I would consider consistently reliable. You Darvish... I'm not sure what we're going to get from him. I understand Blake Snell was excellent in the second half of the season, like Cy Young form. I'm not sure we can just assume that he's going to be, continue that. Uh, I think a lot of this depends on the health of Fernando Tatis. And again, we don't know, even if he were to come back, injuries have been such a big issue for them. And the way they collapsed down the, the, the second half of last season, I'm a little biased because I was anti Padres last year. And I, and I took people criticized and said, you know, they were, going to be competitive in the uh, National League. I never saw it, and I still don't see it with this lineup either. Uh, so they're just a team I'm not too high on, particularly, and a team that I am staying away from. I think the number is high enough that I have a, a pretty strong lean toward the under, um, and that, that's where I would look for this team. There, there, is a, there is an unquantifiable element to the Padres that a lot of people aren't talking about, probably because it's unquantifiable, and it's an extreme upgrade in manager from what was it, Jace Tingler to Bob Melvin, who has a lot of experience knowing how to manage a team through the grind of the late summer. So nobody really knows how many wins a manager can add, but I think that they significantly upgraded um, on the bench, and, and that's worth noting as well. The Giants, your reigning NL West champion by just a game ahead of the Dodgers. And the Giants, Pakoda's got them sitting at 77.4 wins. That's their projection for... 2022 and these Pakoda rankings, their latest update, April 4th. So Pakoda not too high on the Giants. And Colin, you suspect something similar. Giants plus 600 to win the division, win total sits at 85 and a half. For years in these projection systems in Pakoda and Zips, there were teams that just transcended the projections and that the projections could never get right year over year. 
look back over the years and the Rays stand out. The Royals during their heyday always stood out. The Athletics um, have been there for a while. That team might be the Giants now because they won 105, 106, whatever games last year. And now nobody expects them to make the playoffs. Actually, Pakota gives them an 84.9% chance of missing the playoffs. Uh, Zips is right around 50-50, which is right where their implied odds are. But again, if I'm averaging out what Pakota thinks and what Zips thinks, that's a 67.2% chance of missing the playoffs. Their implied odds at FanDuel are 49%. The fact that you can get plus money on this team to potentially make the playoffs makes that really intriguing to me. So I'm going to go against the the Giants grain here. Um, I know this is just like fuel for all the Giants fans out there and all the Giants believers after what they did last year, but no to make the playoffs at plus 104. That That's where I'm going with this team. Anthony, Giants? Yeah, Giants. Uh, you can get them plus 210 to finish second in the division behind the Dodgers. They have an exact forecast. That's where I'm going. I think they're better than the Padres once again. I think this pitching staff is incredibly underrated. I think that's the biggest thing. They had the best bullpen in baseball last year by most uh, you know, ERA and stuff like that. And they have a guy who I'm extremely high on. I just drafted him in our Action Fantasy League, Camilo Doval, who was dynamite at the back end of their bullpen at the end of last season. He's got electric stuff. He's super young guy. I'm projecting for another big season at the back end of their bullpen. And he's been criticized for this from his time in Philadelphia, but Gabe Kapler has worked well with the front office there to maximize everything they possibly can out of a lot of pitchers who you're not going to see as big names in their bullpen, especially guys like Rogers and McGee who had good years despite not being big name guys. And so I think their ability to mix and match bullpens adds value that stuff like Pakoda hasn't picked up on. And it's the same thing the Rays did with, with cash for, for years. And I just think that the, the market's wrong again on the giants. And so at plus two ten to finish what is essentially ahead of the Padres, because the Dodgers will win the division. That's my favorite bet on the giants, because I do think the NL wildcard race is going to be very tough because of the other teams. You're looking at the Mets and the Phillies and the Braves and the East and the Cardinals and the central the Brewers, all those teams are going to, and the Dodgers, of course, that means there's only really going to be one spot maybe for the West. Uh, and I think it, it, it may come down to these two teams, but I'm taking Giants to finish second in the division at plus 210. Once again, you're locked in to pay off pitch. It's our newest MLB betting podcast with the Action Network. We're breaking down the NL West. We'll have all six divisions previewed for you before opening day, Thursday, April 7th. We please ask you to subscribe, download, rate, review the podcast. And Brendan Glasheen, your host, joined by Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch. We also have Action Network staff writer Anthony DeBundo joining us to discuss this division. So I always look forward to this part because we've got through the, the Dodgers. Then we moved on. Okay, there's a little bit, it's kind of like the AL West a little bit. Okay, so there's a little d- debate there at San Diego and San Francisco. And now I'm like, okay, now it's time for Colin to tell me which under total he's going to take for Rockies or Diamondbacks. So we'll start Rockies, 68 and a half. Do you like an under here as well? The Rockies burned me hard last year. I right. th- their under was my my favorite win total bet. They somehow scraped together seventy four wins. I actually blame the front office for some reason not selling at the trade deadline, despite having Trevor Story right there and Charlie Blackman right there and Herman Marquez right there. 
Um, you pulled you know, a Zerillo. My, you're bl- you're now you're outwardly blaming. Yes, they the owe me something for <laughs> winning too many games, but I'm going, I, I, I'm going right back to it this year. This is the most incompetently run team in major league baseball. They're not going to be the worst team in baseball, but they're the most incompetently run team in major league baseball. I love Chris Bryant. I actually wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Chris Bryant, most home runs, but this is the worst team in the division. The diamondbacks are going to be improved. We'll talk about them in a minute. But behind Marquez, they have nothing in the rotation. You're not going to try and sell me on Kyle Freeland or Chad Cool or Austin Gomber. Um, Brendan Rodgers still hasn't shown it at the major league level. They have Jose Iglesias starting at shortstop, who has been washed for a couple of years now. And playing in this division, playing against the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres, you know, a combined 50-something times is going to add a lot of losses to that tally. With the Diamondbacks being improved, I see them going under the win total, 68 and a half. They're going to contend for worst record in the National League this year. It didn't happen last year, but it's going to happen this year. Tabundo, what's uh, alarming about the the Rockies, of course, is they play so well at home. They score a ton of runs. Their record at home last year was very good, despite their overall record not being good. So the, the Rockies are always a fun team to, to bet like on a single slate, which, by the way, Tuesdays and Fridays during the MLB season will have payoff pitch breaking down that day's slate. So be sure to join us, especially when Coors Field is in the discussion for a possible over or for a possible team that's much better than the Rockies to go in there and kick the crap out of them. So we'll find out well, once the season gets started. But Anthony, when you look at the uh, when you look at the Rockies, are you like uh, you kind of riding with Colin on this one? How do you feel about the Rockies? Yeah, I have no real strong opinion on the Rockies. You know, I, I agree with him. I'm, I'm first off, I'm very disappointed that Chichi Gonzalez is no longer a member of the Rockies. Uh, him pitching at Coors Field was like the over better dream. He doesn't get much better than that. I think he had a start against Arietta last year where the total in the first five innings was seven. And, and we all under. bet the over and we cashed right. It went under for the first five oh. and then over. <laughs> in the full game, I believe was what happened. Uh, and it ended up like eight to six. There was like a crazy game, but yes, uh, Chichi Gonzalez, I will miss, but you mentioned it like this pitching staff. They don't strike guys out except for Marquez, Sensatella, Freeland, Gomber, cool. They're not striking guys out, which means you're putting balls in play at course field. And that is a scary, scary proposition. I think losing John Gray was a huge loss. We talked about him when we talked about the AL West, he's a solid pitcher who was going to give you 30 starts a year. And they really don't have anybody who they can rely on outside of Marquez for consistent five plus inning outings. So this rotation is a mess and the lineup, I'm just not sure how much production they're going to continue to get out of guys like Charlie Blackman, who are well past the wrong side of 30 CJ Crone had a career year at cores. Maybe he keeps it up because he does have a lot of power, but more likely than not, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, Randall Gritchick is another guy might have, might be a good bet on guy if you're a fantasy player, maybe, but uh, overall, there's just not much to like about this Rockies team and a team who I thought overperformed. Everybody thought overperformed. Maybe this is the year Colin will finally get to cash a Rockies under. It's also worth noting that the off season additions they made, they've got some offensive talent there, but Coors has cavernous alleys and they're going to have Chris Bryant in, in a corner. They're going to have Randall Gritchick patrolling center you know charlie blackman slotted in as the opening day dh because there's a dh in the nl now but there's certainly going to be some games where that outfield is gritchick bryant and blackman and you know it's going to be triple city there for the opposition 
Ooh, they're going to get exposed. Again, it's a, it's a fun team to talk about uh, when they're home because then you figure out, okay, who's playing them? Who can who can take advantage of this uh, this opportunity? But as I said, the Rockies had a good home record last year, so we'll see. But yes, they have taken some hits as far as their roster construction. So it's certainly uh, not last, certainly not least, because Colin, as, as you hit on, you know, Pocota's high on Arizona, the Diamondbacks, to have a better season. They've got them penciled in at 72.1 projected wins, and the market has them at 66 and a half. 150 to one to win the uh, win the division. So, what do you say about the uh, the Diamondbacks? You think they'll be improved? Yeah, they should be one of the most improved teams in baseball this year, which isn't hard to do considering how bad they were last year. But they were also insanely unlucky last year, both with injuries and both with just true talent expectations. They're over under right now set at 66 and a half, which would be an improvement on last year's 100 win roster. But I think they're going to be better than that. They're going to overtake the Rockies and be the fourth best team in this division. I know that's not too exciting if you're a Diamondbacks fan, but from a better perspective, there's a ton of value on this win total over Madison Bumgarner's best days are behind him, but Luke Weaver's going to be back in full form. Merrill Kelly is a decent mid rotation guy. And I'm actually really high on Zach Gallen to bounce back. He's probably one of my favorite late round targets and fantasy drafts. And I, I think that the Diamondbacks are going to rely on him a lot. They just signed Cattell Marte to an extension so we can put to rest the talks of them trading him and getting worse at midseason. Dalton Varsho and Paven Smith are going to get regular at bats. There are a couple of young guys in that lineup who I like a lot. We're going to get to see some Seth Beer, one of the best names in all of baseball, um, thanks to the addition of the DH. This is not a contending team by any means. I don't want all of my praise to make people think that I think that. But this is much better than a 95-97 lost team, 100-plus lost team. So their over is one of my favorite bets in the entire league. All right, take us home to Bundo. What, what are your thoughts on the uh, Diamondbacks this year, 2022 Diamondbacks? From a baseball betting perspective, I tend to look at bullpens as the highest variance thing in the sport, right, in terms of predicting the next year because generally you can't predict the following year and how a team will project out in terms of bullpens because there's so many guys who get cycled in and out of teams. And last year they were the second worst bullpen in the league. Only the Orioles were worse. And they made some legitimate improvements. Mark Melanson is a significant upgrade over whoever the hell they were rolling out a closer at various points of last season. Uh, And they also, I mean, it's not just Melanson. They went out and got Ian Kennedy, who is traditionally a closer, but it's going to be more of an eighth inning guy. So just those two guys alone add to this bullpen quite a bit. Uh, JB Wendelkin's a decent middle reliever. So they added enough to this pen where I think they're going to get a dead cat bounce. They're not going to blow nearly as many games they did last season. That was the most frustrating part. They would get leads and then blow them. Merrill Kelly had a decent year. I think he projects out as a very average mid-level starter. And you mentioned with Gallon, it can't get, you know, they can't get less out of Gallon than they did last year. He barely pitched. So he'll be an improvement. I think Bum is washed, uh, Bum Garner. But when you look at across the board, all this projects out as more like a 70-win team than a 66, 65, or 60 Two, like last year. So I played some D-backs over. Beer and Gallon going to take them to the 70-win mark and beyond, we hope. We'll see. But yes, two great names. We're going to be chugging pints together if that happens too. Beer and Gallon. Uh, pints or Gallons? Well, Gallons of Pints. I, I don't know. Gallons of Beer. <laughs> yes. Ah, there it is. Way to gallons go, and Gallons of Beer. Okay, before we go, real quick, best bet for, uh, for the NL West, Colin. D-backs over for everything that I just laid out. They're 
that's if not my favorite win total you, you know how much i love betting the win totals on these bad teams brendan and as much as i like the a's under in the al west i like the diamondbacks over in the nl west bundo best bet nl west giants to finish second in the division plus 210 behind the dodgers Baseball season coming very soon. Thanks to Anthony DeBundo, Action Network staff writer, for joining us on this episode, previewing the NL West. want to remind all of you one more time, we are here with you during the season here on Payoff Pitch, our new Action Network MLB betting podcast every Tuesday and Friday during the season. We will start up April 12th, so not the day after opening day, but the following week, so April 12th, Tuesday, April 12th, and Friday, April 15th. And we will come to you throughout the course of the 2022 season. For Action Network Senior Editor Colin Whitchurch and Action Writer Anthony DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of our division-by-division previews before you get set for opening day, April 7th. We'll talk to you next time. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. 